guys. Welcome back to the Book Talk Made Me podcast. The podcast we're talking about all your favorite books from Book Talk, Bookstagram, every book in the book universe. I mean, roughly. We're going to try our best. I'm Caitlin, joined by my host, Bridget and Hilda. Hi. And first off, we got to say this is the first podcast of the new year. So happy new year. Happy new year. We took a little bit of time. And by a little bit of time, I mean like maybe like six days. <laughs> Between, well, no, maybe like a full week. I was like six days, ma'am. It is the fourth. Yes, I have lost track of time. I'm in that like weird timescape where Christmas has ended, yet every day I'm still listening to Christmas music. I'm still in the spirit. I'm still in Christmas pajamas right now, so I understand. You can still see my treat, which I should turn on for a nice. Yeah, make it festive. I will say this episode goes live on the ninth, so. We're nine days late for Happy New Year, but really, Happy New Year. You know, somebody today gave me a pretty good rule. If it is the first time I talk to you in the new year, then I'm allowed to say Happy New Year. Correct. Great. So, Happy New Year, everyone. And now, she will never say it again. Take your happiness. We're done here. Um, Any book, any resolutions you guys have? Book, non-book? Ooh, I have a book one. Ooh. And it might be like a hot topic, but I will not have a book goal this year on Goodreads or any like platform. I'm saying no more to the book goal. Now that's interesting. Why? I'm sorry, to the what? The book, book goal. goal. Oh, the book goal. Okay. Not to be confused with gold, because you know, that's been top of mind since the we book just read that we are book. talking about today, gold. <laughs> yes. But not a book goal. Like I read twenty five books this year. Because as you know, if you are a Goodreads users, I think Storygraph has the same thing. Not really sure because I haven't gotten that far yet. But that is actually part of my 2024 goal is to get my Storygraph up and running. However, backtracking, backtrack. According to my therapist, I am a people pleaser and a recovering perfectionist. Or perfectionist. So I set these goals that are attainable, but also like I'm really just like flying through stuff just to hit the goal. So I could say, I did it versus slowing down and really enjoying the books and reading what I want to read. And I decided this year, we're not going to do a goal for the amount of books that I want to read. It's more of like, I want to read five days out of the week. Oh, I like that. And that's how I will set the goal moving forward. I think that's a very healthy goal. I've never done the book goal, and I feel like the books to read in a year would stress me out if I'm, like, behind and you spend the whole year, like, oh, I didn't have my goal. Not going to lie. It was stressing me out for a little bit there because my goal last year was, I think, 100 and a hundred and thirty. No, no, no. It's 130-something. I know that there are people that fly through these books. I am not one of them. I read 138 yeah. books last year. 138. Like That's why? a lot. I know it's a lot. That's like three books, one book every three days. What? That's cray cray. Yeah. And some people read like 300 books. I will say audiobooks make this process faster. faster. You listen yes, to it on audio. two times the speed. But yeah. Now, we're getting vastly off topic, but I do feel like it is related. Are we listening? Because I know we've talked about this before. We'll listen to an audio for a book we've already reread. But if it's the first time we're reading a book in a series – we, for this podcast, will usually physically read it from an e-reader. I'm just curious to know, like, how many do you like that experience better listening to it? Because I've listened to other audiobooks, but for some reason for this podcast, I feel like I need to have the research in front of me. <laughs> so I'm just wondering. I do both now. Like, last year, my goal was to, 
you know, other than my book gold account, I introduce audiobook to myself because your girl is busy. Like I got to be able to multitask. I have realized that not all books are meant to be digested in audiobook format and you really have to start easy and make your way up. I'm sure by now I might be able to tackle a fantasy book on the first read. However, I know myself well enough to say I get distracted easily and I'm going to stick with what's easy. So I listen to mostly just like rom-com, something that's easy, quick. I get my good laughs in. I can do multiple things while I'm listening to it in the background. And I started off with a slow speed and worked my way up. Okay. I try to read, especially if I have to lead. Um, But if I find that I just don't have enough time, I'll listen. I'll do a tandem listen and read. Like when I go on my walks, I'll listen. And then I might come back and reread what I just listened to. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And I'm just trying to get through it. But I always love to hear a fresh perspective on like how how are we listening to this and right now, I mean at this exact moment. How are we in consuming time. this? Yeah, how are we consuming? How are we getting? How are we getting our books? Because we have a poll up right now on our Instagram, a little this or that. I'm sure we'll leave it up there. The templates so you guys can play along throughout the year. But there was more e-readers than I thought, which I thought was interesting. I'm like, as an e-reader, power to the people. Yeah, it's definitely better than reading the physical because I could take it anywhere. However. Right. Hot tip for anyone who wants to get into audiobooks. If you have the Libby app, your library has audiobooks available. And you can use the filters to find audiobooks that are available immediately so you don't have to request it and wait weeks at a time. Weeks. I am telling you, I'm in double-digit weeks. I think I requested the graphic audio version of one of the Akatar books that I think Britt had recommended. And I am in like a yeah months long wait i heard hoopla has it available like instantly i think hoopla is free if you have like a trial or something but for the libby app like if you're trying to get into audio and you need to train yourself to listening to something and being able to like multitask while you're listening to a book go on the app find some random books that like pique your interest and start there because that's what I did, and I trained myself to be able to like listen to audiobooks while I was doing, you know, cleaning and stuff like that. It makes cleaning a lot better. Uh, see, I did that yesterday, folding laundry, listening to a podcast, made it much better. And that way, you don't have to pay for Audible if you don't know if you're going to be into it or not. It's a really good point. Really good point. Sorry for that little tangent. Like I had, a, I wanted to hear how we were consuming these books to get through hundreds a year. So love all of you for being able to do that. And love you, Bridget, for setting a realistic and healthy boundary goal on what you would like to read. Thank you. Hilda, I, I think you said you had a New Year's resolution as well, right? Oh, yeah. No, I already broke mine. Oh. <laughs> mine what was, was just to read a little bit every day. I already failed twice. <laughs> you didn't read or you read too much? I didn't read, I think, the first or the second. Okay, but that doesn't count. The first and second days of the year don't count. We're really starting off on the fifth. I'm not the beating myself should start up on the fifth. over it, but yeah, it was just something I was like, I should try to read a little bit every single day. Yeah, it didn't happen. I feel like if I don't read every single day, like I get, you know, there's hangry when you're hungry and you're angry. Like I have that, but with reading books, like if I don't read, I get irritated because I'm like, oh, I need my little like me time. My little fix. It my is me fix. time. Well, we'll talk about a book we have all read at this point, and that is... Gold by Raven Kennedy. Now, we've covered the first 
couple books in her series on podcast episodes previously, and we'll try to link them in the show notes for this episode so you can go back and listen to. And before we get into it, I just want to go ahead and issue the spoiler warnings. We're getting into the plot. We're getting into the people. We're getting the thoughts and feels. And so if you don't want to be spoiled, not the one for you, my friends. Go check out other ones. We'll do our overdramatic, dramatic book synopsis first, and then we'll get into some thoughts and feelings on this book first. How's that? How does that feel? Let's do it. Let's get into it. That feels Let's great. get into it. It's been a while since I've said that. Let's get it into it. It has been a while. I miss it. Okay. All right. The overdramatic, dramatic book synopsis. Find me in another life. Find me in the mall. Every ending is also a beginning. I thought I was going to die and would had if it weren't for Slade. The only way he could save me was to open a rip between the worlds. The only way for me to save myself was to go through it. Sometimes fleeing one dangerous place just brings you to another. Anwen, the realm of the Fae. There is magic and beauty, though around every corner threat lurks. But I'm a threat too. I'm not a girl in a gilded cage anymore, and no one is going to stop me from finding my way back to Slate. But returning home means facing dangers and secrets, so I have to burn bright enough to light my own way, or else I'll be swallowed by the dark. Bum, bum, bum. And I just have to laugh, because as you started that, you know, Hilda and I always have to, we have to mute. The people who are not doing the overdramatic, dramatic book synopsis have to mute, because we just laugh at ourselves. And you said, find me in, an, in another life. Find me in them all. And I absolutely heard, and so did Hilda, find me in them all. <laughs> and I was well, like, what? I mean, you probably can find her in the mall. There are bookstores in the mall. <laughs> She's not wrong. <laughs> Just made us laugh that we both put it into the chat at the same time. We're like, I thought she said, find me in the mall. Like, catch me outside. Catch me in the mall. How about that? Yeah. (laughs) So I was so excited for this book to be released. I think we talked about previously in one of our early episodes that when we heard this one was being split, we were like, I am oddly at peace with this. If you're going to split it up because it means you're going to tell the story better, I'm all for it. And I still stand by that here. I don't think that there was anything – obviously now we're getting into thoughts and feelings, but I don't think that there was anything here – that made me feel like we're clearly we're clearly leading up to a bigger moment. So I feel like we needed to have this other book to wrap it up. Right. And I agree because I had the same thought. But I think this book could have been shorter, probably by a uh, hundred pages. I do yeah. think there was a little bit of repetition in there. Um and some parts were drawn off. I feel like two hit that page count, but I felt feel like if she were to remove that extra fluff, it would still have been long enough to be a full book. Correct. And still have the opportunity to have the very ending book, which would be Goldfinch. So I'm still happy she split it. I just think we could have, you know, made this a little bit smaller. You know what part I could have done less on? Oh, you disagree. Okay, go I for it. I actually disagree with both of you. <gasps> wow. Um, okay. Which rarely happens. Tell me um, more. Tell, tell me, me more. more. But I found myself skimming a lot because I feel like the story got overly complicated. So – I'm just I'm trying not to read off of my notes verbatim. I like that Oren is some is more than just a pretty gold thing, but I feel that character development is taking too long to play out because it's in book two that she starts like using her magic, but it's not until book four that she really starts to master it. And so now we're in book five and she's the she's the heir, uh, and should be the ruler of Anwen. That's and fair. 
at this point in the series, I just really wanted her and Slay to get together and have lots of hot, sexy time with Dirty Talk. And the series should end. And that character development, I feel like, has taken too long. And I just want it to end already. I see what you're saying. I'll agree with you on those points because the parts that – although I liked it, the parts that dragged out for me were specifically anything that had to do with Slade. Anything that had to do with his aching, his heart, anything that he was so sad about, his revenge. I was just like – Are we the same person today? I think so. I think we are. Usually it's you two, the Gemini twins, but I'm happy to be. I'm vibing with Caitlyn today. But so back to what Hilda was saying about – her character development, I think we have to remember that in one of the books, I think it was the last book maybe, where all of her character growth had regressed because she was healing. And so she was going through her first healing journey, something massive happened, and she had to go through her second healing journey. And that normally I'm fine with, but I think she's about to go through another type of situation where she has to relearn who she is and how important she is the way this book ends. And that is going to annoy me. Yeah. Yes. Because I feel like we've, we've done these – we've gotten to this point and I don't want to see us regress back again. I want to see us move forward. I want to see her come into her badassness. I want, you sort of see it here a little bit, but then I don't know if it's fu- a fully realized badassness. It's not like Aelin from Throne of Glass where she's like, I'm here, bitch. I'll fuck you up. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like she's like, I'm here. I know how to take care of myself. And I'm like, but uh, do you? You know, there's a little bit of that. And I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. I love strong, powerful heroines. But the vibe that I get is that not every heroine needs to be a strong powerful alien like you could just be a former slave a a former slave who has now found her freedom true and i don't know i just this this it's taking too long and i honestly i think i'm just bitter because i didn't get any dirty talk this book yeah it pisses me off i pisses me off was so mad about that so mad can i tell you that i was just rooting for some kind of action Oh yeah, we're gonna talk on that in a minute. We'll, we'll talk but about that. I also want to talk about, and this is a little bit of a spoiler. So if you haven't read from Blood and Ash, maybe like fast forward forty five seconds. But I was really hoping for some kind of like dream walk sequence where they found yes. each other yes. in their yes. sleep and they're like bang, 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 bang. Like I like, really needed that. That book read. This book really needed this. Yeah, even if that would have been formulaic and I internally would have been rolling my eyes, I'm like, of course, they dream walk. I would have still gotten it. it. So I felt the same exact way. And then I was like, if only, even if it wasn't like in a dream, but they would be able to like hear each other through the world, Uh that could have been something different because then it's not exactly like cut and paste of (gasps) here's your dream that that you're dream walking. But if you whisper from, you hear the whispers of the wind, like, hello. Um... Raven Kennedy, girl, take some notes because I'm notes. selling this one been, for free. That could have been something real good because you know, yeah. you know, we loved Commander Rip, King Rot, for his dirty talk. So if he's whispering naughty things around the wind, girl. Oh, oh. oh my gosh. That I just get so chill. good. I just I will chill. say when he started off his chapters with the whole like, um, I'll burn the whole world down for you, that type of vibe. 
I, love, I thought of you. I thought I of you. Love. I thought of you too. I'm like, this is up Bridget's alley. But then when like his chapters notes, were too long. Too long. When I saw your notes about that, I was like, oh, he's going to end up on Bridget's Why Choose. We'll see what happens next time. If they had reconnected this book and we got some action, I think he would have like just hopped straight up to the Why Choose list. But we didn't get anything from him. Like other than like his revenge explosive reuniting fireball sex. Like that's what this book needed. The first time they had sex, they broke a bed. I needed that, but on crack. So like I needed the building to go down. And that what I think would have really solidified that I'll burn the world down to get to you Mm -hmm. vibe because we didn't get that payoff here. No, we we did. It's it's too late in the series to not get those payoffs. I feel no. And so here's what I have to talk about: how. Their story was kind of, I mean, yes, Oren's going through her newfound journey, identification, figuring out how she is. We have Slade in his revenge era, doing all the things to all the people. And here I am looking at Melina like, hmm, I really hated you. I really hated you. And here I am rooting for your redemption arc and for you to get some good old-fashioned D because, girl, you need it. Again, we're vibing today because I said, oh, Melina, oh, Melina, how I hope you get destroyed by that dick. (laughs) Before it was, oh, Melina, oh, Melina, I hope you get destroyed. Now I'm rooting for the girl, both in life and in her sexual life as well. Also, I was cackling, cackling over where they ended up having sex and when. Why? So it's a bit chaotic. (laughs) I also was a fan of the Melina. I was act- actually preferred the Melina subplot to Me Oren's too? story. Me too. Because I found more, I don't know, redemptive value in it. There was something I preferred it. It was like short and sweet and to the point. And she had good growth. Like, yeah, she, there was a lot happening with her, even though it was like a short period. I will say that I did not appreciate that payoff though the tension was great but i thought that the payoff if she would have set it up as a fine we're gonna make out in the middle of battle and it's like this is like a preview of what's to come and after they survive the battle they have you know a whole big throw down in the middle of the forest that i feel like would have been hot not the oh there's dead bodies all around i need you not to go into shock so Uh you i took me out of it it took me out of it i didn't love it he was I think like i was so starved for some kind of smut that i was like oh, i'll take this i'll take this and then in the afterglow of it all you're like wait where what just happened i was just like i'm here for it but still hilarious like i could not stop giggling because i was like this is so ridiculous um but he was he, his love making was exactly how i expected him to be absolutely i do have a question for the group Yes. What is the female equivalent of fuck that guy? Because Kayla, Kyla, whatever the fuck her name is. Fuck that heifa. Is it fuck that heifa? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say that, that I bitch is what I was, was going to so, say. <laughs> that bitch. Seriously. That. Oh, my goodness. I didn't think it was possible. Like her actions in this book. She's very close to, like, Lionel and Maeve levels. Definitely Lionel, for sure. Like, she has that selfish quality to her. She, I would say, is has that 
I think I'm the smartest one on the block vibe that Lionel has, but I don't think she's as cutthroat or as diabolical per se as No, because she Maeve. does apparently love her brother Manu. But you know what? Fuck Manu. Yeah. Manu, you can't spell manure without Manu. <laughs> so fuck that guy. Oh gosh. This is hilarious. I still haven't you know forgiven him. You know what sucks though is because like I really loved him the first time we met him. Yeah. yeah. At the dinner, I was like, this guy's great. Now we can't trust anyone that we think he's great. New gay bestie. Yes. No. No. I thought we were going to be in cahoots together, not enemies. Ugh. Not even enemies to friends. Like, you're just an enemies to dead. Now let's talk about some of the new people we met in this book. Okay. I have another note on that. I have two notes on that. So many new names to remember. And again, it's not like Tom, Dick, and Harry. (laughs) it's all of these complicated things and i remember none of them except Um, for wick i want to say it's so complicated that as i was taking my notes on my apple notes app whatever autocorrect kept fucking me up (laughs) autocorrect does not do us any favors autocorrect has gotten worse because i typed the word is the other day in a text and it was meant to be used as is and it switched it to us and like Nope. No. Nope. I correctly typed is. So it's not really doing us any favors at all, ever. I mean, I put Nanette and it put net net. No, I said Nanette. Net net. We're going to need to come up with a different method because. Melina? Melinda. No, I said Melina. Okay, Melinda. Siri, you're fucking everything up. (laughs) So we met a whole bunch of new characters when Aaron traveled over to Anwen. There were some that I met that I was like, okay, I love you immediately. And some that I am very weary of. And I know we talked about this before, I think, Hilda, in our fourth wing, um, Iron Flame, I'm sorry, Iron Flame podcast. But when you're sidling up to me as a new bestie, suddenly looking out for me, I am very sus. I'm very suspicious. It's the hot, like, I'm I'm your only the girl here. I could be your best friend. Like, can we just be friends? Why do we got to be best friends? Like, I don't trust you if you want to be my best friend. Like, immediately, you don't know me. I, I don't just, need any groupies. But yeah. Like, I was just very, very on on edge with her. Because I'm like, so, I, we've seen how the women in these books have been portrayed. Like, they're not they're not good girls. They're not girls' girls. Right. And mm-hmm. I don't know if this one we've met is a girls' girl. So I was very hesitant about her relationship. So basically what happened is Oren is – in this new old land, which is her original home, and she comes across this girl who wants to be her best friend and, like, immediately is like, oh, we're besties. Like, besties look out for each other. Like, I'm a girl's girl and you're a girl, so, like, let's be best friends. And, like, love that vibe, right? But she's super sketchy, in my opinion. And then when we find out her power, which is to be able to glamour herself to look like other people that she's come in contact with, I was like, red flag, red flag, red flag. Red flag, and then her familial ties, where she's like, um, yeah, you could say my sister is like a noble woman. I'm like, who is your sister? Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So maybe she's like a red herring, though, because of what happened at the end. Maybe. Also, how are we pronouncing her name? I just wrote M. Okay. In my notes, because that's her nickname. It's like E-M-O-N-I-E. I don't know if there's a double M or a double N. I'm like, Emony? 
Maybe. It made me it made me think of anemone. anemone? Yeah. <laughs> and but that's not right. So, okay, Emony. let's call her M. M. Apparently I didn't even write it in the notes. I just said responded back to Caitlin's note as like same girl. <laughs> um I did have three crying face emojis. Okay, go. In my notes. Because I thought I really thought that Rissa had died. Like in that one scene when he is basically, when Hojat tells Oz, like, you need to say goodbye. And the chapter ends with him saying, like, I guess I can, I forget. But I think it was something along the lines of, like, I guess I can let you go now. Yeah, and he gives her the medicine, yeah. I a fucking lost it. Really? I was so upset. And then, lo and behold, she comes back. They We really didn't get a reunion from them, so I'm disappointed no. about that, too. But I, I really thought that she was gone. I could have used, like, a little interaction with her and Oz. Like, yeah. When she wakes up, like, sleeping beauty yep. style. And I wanted mm-hmm. her to say something super fucking snarky to him and him just, like, laugh it off. I missed that that banter between yeah. them. Yeah. Yes. Because – and I'm sure we'll get into it later. But majority of this book, she is lit- quite literally on her deathbed. So we get no verbal dialogue from her at all. It's all of Osric <clears throat> Agonizing talking over to her. her. Right. And it is pretty agonizing because every time – every scene with them, it's just her – deteriorating and deteriorating and deteriorating so i would have loved for her to wake up and been like you couldn't find a single fucking yellow bell for me like i'm on my deathbed yeah that would have been classic her (laughs) i would have loved that like i get it you just you know turn back around from from death death. score i get get it it. right i would have been like you couldn't have showered for me (laughs) right anything anything something it would have been just great because like we have this magical person that can suddenly heal come in at the the ninth hour. Ninth hour? Ninth inning? Eleventh hour. There we go. <laughs> like sports time. Something like that. Um, yes. Okay. Um, so I do have to ask you guys. What? Did any of you, switching topics from Risa straight back into another plot point in this book, but I was just reading it in the notes and I have to know, did any of you suspect that Oren was going to meet who she met in the book? So I had thoughts. The second – so we're talking about the ending on who she meets. Yes. Did not see that coming. Can we but just say it? Yeah, yeah. Yes. So okay. Orin meets – there's a rescue mission. I know. We'll get into it later. There's a rescue mission where they have to go get these Oreans that have come back into Anwin and they're going to meet them and they have to go to this miserable Lord Cull's house. And he's a tyrant. He's terrible. He's awful. All these things. And when we're talking, because we, you know, they sneak in as servants to go help, and they're talking about how there's two houses, beautiful estate houses. One is nice, one has been destroyed. And immediately, my red flags start going up, my heckles. I'm like, something, this is ringing a bell. And then they start to describe the scenery of what she's seeing as she's going through the house. I was like, oh, oh shit. Is this who I think it is? And it is. In fact, Slade's father is Lord Cull. So when Slade and his brother Riot were talking and he was like, well, you know, like that group of people were sent back into the Rift and he hinted that they probably landed in the same spot they left. 
I was like, okay, that's an important piece of information. And then when we were in Anwin and Wick was like, we're going on a rescue mission, they found new uh-huh. They have Orions. a batch of or yeah, of Orions. Orions, Orions, Orioles. Orioles. I was like, that's them. It has to be them. 100 percent But before that, I kept trying to like make connections as to like who Slade was in in Anwin, like who he was previously. And at one point I was like, maybe his dad became the new king. Cause like his dad had this like crazy power. And I know he was super buddy buddy with the king. So I was like, maybe he overtook the king. But they're still buddy-buddy, and his dad is still a lord. So, hi, daddy-in-law. <laughs> not. It was a great plot twist. I picked up on it as we got closer to it, but I did not anticipate as I – I don't know why I completely forgot that man. Forgot that he existed. As someone who was not paying attention very closely um, and totally missed it, I want to say that I really appreciated it. Yeah. It was good. It never occurred to me that it was going to be an issue. And here um, we are. So so good job, Raven Kennedy. <laughs> uh, I do want to go, because I know we're getting into a lot of the plot here, and we still have to get to that. I just want to say there was some cool magic that came through, I thought, through the use of a fairy wing, fairy, I'm sorry, fairy ring to transport them back to and fro, which I thought was really cool. Because like, if you've heard of fairy, fairy rings before, you know it's like you don't step into one and to see one being made and then use it as transportation. I thought it was cool. That was cool. I often. liked that. Um, didn't appreciate that that man fucking betrayed them. Oh my god, what's his name? Brenner. 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 You old wrong, man Brenner. Wrong. I'm like you, sweet old little fairy man, stomping around making your fairy ring in the grass. Jubis. I was envisioning Jubis. him as that Cedric, Cedric Diggory's father because he was giving very much like that when Cedric uh-huh. Diggory's dad like opened the port key for them to go to the Triwizard Tournament. No. To the, to the, the World game, Cup. The world. It wasn't the Quidditch Cup. The World Cup. It was the Quidditch World Cup. Yes. Okay. That's correct. Um, so in my head, I was picturing that sweet old man who cried over his son's body. Um, the betrayal was bad. But then when we find out how she knew him from when Before. she was a child, uh-huh. I was like, you fucking bitch. <laughs> Fuck that guy. I will say I thought that that setup though was kind of weird because so all this time like you're you've just been waiting for her to come back like see i assumed he was on just deep undercover in the spy ring just reporting on all their their doings to the king and you're just like i did this one thing now i'm deep in here undercover you're like those men that go like 17 years in the cartel and suddenly like i "I know all the secrets I think I that's know. why he freaked out too when he saw her. He was like, "You're not supposed to be here. Like, I can't take you. What's going to happen?" Because he was the one who originally took her. Oh yeah, but they still haven't he was making told a big us. Fuss. They still what haven't told, told us why they took her, though, right? We don't know why. We just know not that sure. her family's home was raided. Everyone was killed. She was supposedly sent off with other children to be safe. And then was swiped from that and sent away. Wait. Well, now that you said it like that, maybe he was a good guy and tried to or protect her. Tried to save her? her? That's what she, I, As I'm saying those words, I'm like, this is something like But then Snow he White. wouldn't have betrayed them to the king yeah. right now. Maybe he had to. Maybe his hand was forced. Maybe people knew about it because he's deep underground. You know, I don't like, know, Brenner. I don't like this situation. Like, I'm going to tell the evil queen that I killed you, Snow White, but like, we're run along into the forest and don't ever come back. Maybe that's what it was. 
I really don't I really don't like that we're just introducing new things when we need to wrap this up. I get that. I'm, I'm getting Twisted Sisters vibes, but not in a good way. I don't see, I don't think so because she's been leaving those little clues from the beginning about the girl. I think majority of her poems or little whatevers that she writes and includes in the book have been about the three queens and the Turley girl. Right. We just didn't realize who was who. Yeah. So we thought it was Orin majority of the time when we it thought it was, been- I think Orin, Melina, and maybe Ka- um, Kayla, Kyla, Kyla. Yeah. Queen fuckface. That's what we're going to call her. <laughs> that fuckface. Yeah. <laughs> that bitch. Not that heffa. Fuck the heffa. No. 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 <laughs> okay. A little bit of a mouthful. <laughs> um. Any other? Oh, just click my pen. Any other last minute thoughts before we get into what actually happened in this book? Although I'm pretty sure at this point you have a pretty good idea. I feel like we've happened. covered it. That's it. That's all from us, folks. <laughs> good night and good luck. Adios. Bye bye. <laughs> I just have to laugh because I see previously on, and I. I like that. Thank you, Bridget. You're welcome. You're, you're welcome. But then the next line is, a lot of shit happened. <laughs> okay. A lot of shit happened. Okay. I was like, I don't have enough time to go in through all the shit that happened, but like a lot of shit happened. And if you don't know, go listen to our, our like last podcast episode on the book. I think it's Glint. Is Glint the last one? I don't know. No, no we're the last one like, was. There's too uh, many. Gleam. Gleam, glint, gold. Gleam, gold. Uh, I don't know. The Plated Prisoner, book one, yeah. book two, book three, book four. <laughs> That's all we know. Book five. <laughs> We're now in book five. more G words can we come up with? So basically, at the end of the previous book, Orin is being accused of stealing Midas's gold touch and King Ravenger's rot. And she's sent to a conflux where the monarchs are deciding her fate, whether she's going to be punished or if she's going to be free. And... King Ra is left out of this decision um, because they all believe he's under her spell. Of course, the villain that he is, he comes in blazing hot and he's trying to save her. He ends up creating a rift in the sky. Not a rift, a rip in the sky. And she hops on through. That that was the ending of the book. Boom, boom. Our lovers have been separated. Okay, background the history. So we have two places that we are hopping in between. There's Anwin, which is the Fey Lands, and this is ruled by King Kerouac. His family has ruled over the kingdom when starting when the Turleys had stepped down. So the Turleys are Orin's ancestors. There's Oria, which is where the majority of the book has been happening, which is the human's land. There's seven kingdoms total. The seventh kingdom was destroyed, and that was the kingdom that had the bridge of Lemuria that connected Oria and Anwin. So each kingdom is ruled by a monarch with magic. The reason that the monarch ha- monarch has to have magic is because the, they said they need to be able to fight off the Fae in the event that they stormed the realm or whatever. So those are your two places. This book has multiple POVs. There's four POVs. There's one by Osric. There's Queen Melina. And then, of course, we have our lovers, Slade and Orin, who have their separate POVs. And so I'm going to take you through each person's POV, and then at the end, we're going to wrap it up, and we're going to figure out where everybody ended up. All right. I will try to make this quick. We like to talk. We do like to talk. Okay. So starting off with Osric. So Osric is the captain of the Fort's Kingdom army. Um, Fort's Kingdom is ruled by Slade, who we know is 
the love interest. He is also previously known as Commander Ripku because he can switch between the two forms. And he is part of Slade's Wrath. So that's um, Slade's inner circle. The Night Court, if you will, that's the equivalent. So he's been at Fourth Kingdom watching over Risa, who is the his love interest, as she heals from a stab wound that she had received when she was trying to protect Orin when she was being kidnapped, when Orin was being kidnapped to be sent to the complex. So Judd shows up and he tells him that he has something to show him in the cells. And when he takes him down there, they find Manu, Queen Kayla's brother, and he's being held as prisoner. So Slade went over there, did his thing, and was like, screw you, I'm taking you as a big fuck you to that bitch. And she's holding the brother prisoner because as we know, her brother is the only person that she loves. And Osric swears that he he vows that he will suffer the same wounds that Risa has because it was because of him Risa got stabbed. So Risa's wound won't heal at all and it becomes infected. She ends up having a fever. The mender's like, hey, you better prepare for her, her death. And then we know about Risa's friend Polly from the previous books is begging to sit with her because Risa healed at her and like held her hand while she was coming down off of the do overdose and then Polly's being a bitch and she's like I can't stand to watch her die and I'm like Polly Risa was there for you every day and every night holding your hair caring for you while you were detoxing from a drug and you can't stand by her anyhow once Polly's again, not a ride or die Polly's not a ride or die still hate her and then during this entire process Osric is so like hurt over Risa and her pain and he really wants her to get better and he comes to realize that he is not just her lover he's in love with her big moment here and so the vendor finally convinces him to like give her a tonic to ease her pain and to help her pass and when he finally agrees to give it to her two little girls come into the room with the premieres that help run fourth kingdom and the one of the little girls agrees that she's willing to help Risa and we're like okay what are you going to do? And she uses her magic to heal her. And Risa wakes up. We don't know what happens after that. Because end scene, cut scene. Osric's POVs are over. Done. That's how his part of the book ends. All right. Moving on to Queen Melina. Hilda, you were muted. I don't know what you were saying. Ah, fuck. <laughs> Never mind. What did you say? What did you say? What I said was a little bit anticlimactic, but we already discussed what happened. So yes. let's go on. That could have been a lot less chapters. Like we could have done that in two chapters. Two. That's all I needed. Right. So Queen Melina, she is the queen of six kingdoms. She is. So she was married to Midas, previously known <laughs> as dumb bitch. That's what I was calling her. <laughs> so Melina <laughs> is currently in seventh kingdom, which if you remember from the background, that kingdom is destroyed. She was tricked into using her collier blood to rebuild the bridge of Lemuria, which is the bridge that connects the two realms. In return for offering her blood, she receives some ice powers, giving major Elsa vibes. She's being held in one of the rooms. And now the that all this has happened, the illusions that she saw have finally dropped. And she realized she's just sitting in the ruins of an old palace and so the assassins from the previous book that was hired by Midas to kill her pays her a visit and is like, hey, I will break you free if you prove to me that you have good intentions and you want to get out to save your people and you just don't want to get out to be, you know, free. And she's pissed off and she's like, you know, fuck you, dude. How are you going to say that to me? 
But then she's taken to meet King Carrick, who is the king of the Fey realm. And he reveals that he's sending Fey soldiers to destroy her kingdom and then eventually all of her realm. And he taunts her into using the magic and she's not able to control it. So he's like, you're useless, just like the rest of your population. Bye-bye. So she's upset. Then this has to return and he's like, okay, I finally believe you. It's good enough for me. And he gets her out of there and takes her back to Sixth Kingdom. It's a very long journey that way. And they, you know, start to become not really friends, but she finds him attractive and all that stuff happens. They come across one of the villages in Sixth Kingdom, which is her kingdom. And they find everyone has been massacred and hung out to bleed. And so she immediately starts feeling guilt because this has happened because she was dumb and horny and dumb and greedy and gave her blood and allowed these fae to come into the world. No, she was just dumb. She was a dumb bitch. Like it she was, was, she was like, not dumb and horny. She was horny for power. Okay. That's a good point. She was horny for power. So she is starting to grow a conscious here. And she t- like rips them all down, basically tries to give them a proper burial. And then she heads back into High Belt, her kingdom's capital. And she's finding all the people who she was previously queen to. And they're all gathered listening to an announcement by none other than Queen Kayla. That bitch. Fuck and that heifer, right? That's what we're saying. <laughs> fuck that heifer. Kayla was up there and she was like, I've got you. You're my people now as Midas's wife, even though betrothed. he's no longer betrothed. betrothed. Yeah. Um, you, your people, his people are my people. And for that, I will take care of all of you. And Melina's like, I, I'm sorry, what? Who said? Girl, what are you doing in my spot? And the people are just there in a daze looking at her because she you knows she's very charismatic. She's a good, charismatic leader. She has presence. She but does. Honestly, and like, everybody her. hates Melina. So Melina's like, hey, I'm back. I never died. What's going on here? And she tries to tell them that you know, the Fae are coming to prepare your men. And everyone's like, we hate you. Get out of here. We much prefer this other woman. Go away. I don't believe you at all. It's just a way for you to get back into power. Go away. So it reminded me a little bit of um, Game of Thrones when they're like, shame, shame. They're all like throwing all this crap at her. And I will give her credit for this because she, it takes some gumption. To walk into your kingdom when you just straight up ordered these people to be killed like really not too long ago. Like I don't know, like a, a three, four weeks ago, a month ago. And then you're like, I, please believe me. There's a warning coming. And then and to know that you balls. are the reason all these people are coming here to kill yeah. them. Yeah. Like yeah. that's – I will give her credit for that. She was like, I really got to do this. I fucked up. I fucked yeah, up. I fucked and I got to fix this. So Kayla is like, haha, I'll deal with this. So she hushes her into the castle. And then she's pretending to be on her side. And then she locks her into Orin's old gilded cage. And I was like, wow, what a full circle moment. She Ain't that some poetic Orin. justice? Yep. She hated her. And I will say, Kayla made a good point. She was like, she was the favorite saddle. But did you ever ask her if she wanted to be like this, live like this? And then she's like, oh, shit. No, I did not. I She Realizing. did make a good point. I'll give her that. She did. That was the one thing about her. I was like, all right, facts. Facts. The girl's speaking facts in this one moment. So she's um her little assassin guy comes and breaks her out of the gilded cage. And then they go on a mission to kind of save the town. And she goes to the guards first. The guards are like, no, fuck you. I don't want to serve you. I'm out. 
And then she goes to the townspeople and the townspeople are like, fuck you. We hate you. You tried to kill us all. Like, get out of here. So then she decides, no one's listening to me. I'm going to build a wall. So she builds an ice wall that's blocking the road from the rest of the world, from Seventh Kingdom to her capital. Queen Kayla shows up and starts having the guards dismantle the wall. And then she hears the fate coming because she has a special power. She turns around. She's like, oh, shit. The Fae are coming. And what does this bitch do? She gets on her little high horse, which is not actually a horse. It's some her other timber animal. wing. Her timber wing. And shoots off into the sky, leaving all of the people in the chaos and about to die. And Melina's like, you fucking bitch. You could only stayed in health. Like, you had the power to be able to, like, announce all the plans for the people to flee into the woods. No, yep. She's yeah. gone. Either Kayla's way. a dumb heifer. She is a Fuck that half a girl. She's not so, ride or die. She's, she's not ride or die. I'm gonna ride. You're gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good one. That was a good thank one. Thank you. Thank you. So she goes that way. Melina's like, oh great. Now everyone listen to me. Let's do this. Everyone semi-listens her trying to like run away. Some of them are fleeing to where she told them to. She's doing her best to stop the Fae from entering. And you know, she did not succeed. Yeah, At one just, point, she passes out from all of the overuse of her power, and then her assassin comes and finds her, and then he takes her away, and then she realizes that majority of the people are dead, and he's like, there's nothing you can do, and she's like, I blame you, assassin, because you were supposed to kill me, and if you had succeeded in that, none of this would have happened, and everyone would have been fine, so you should just kill me now. She's begging for him to kill her, and he said, No. I'm your assassin. I get to decide whether you live or die. And then he's like, you're going to live and I'm going to make you live. And then he fucks her right there on the side of the wall in the middle of the battlefield. In the middle of the battle. Yeah. This was not, it was just, wasn't my favorite. Just There's a place and time so listen, for everything. I love a good, like, frenzy caught up in the action. Like, whoa, we just escaped some shit. Let's get to it. And remind ourselves that we lived through that. But when you're doing that, it is, you know, highly advised to be further than like 10 feet for some dead bodies that you just like barely escaped. I don't know. Poppy and um, not Hawk. What's his name? Cass. Did it like. Did it on like the remains. I, I know. Of- <laughs> and you know what? Maybe it just has to be said like their tension was just like, well, I, I overlooked it. I overlooked yeah. it. Yeah. There are some things we can overlook. Some things we cannot. I think because they're too new. Like I just started with y'all. This is your first. Yeah. yeah. His first dip in the uh, his first dip in her ocean, and so, I wanted it to be a little. I bit want there to less... be longevity, right? I question the longevity when there's a dead body ten feet away. Well, because it cooled off real quick after that. They're like, yeah, because yeah, she was done? like, like oh, brushed shit. ourselves off, and they're like, oh, we gotta People get to are work. Still... That, what is she leaking the cum all over the place around the town? Like, like what's happening? Like, shadow me out of here. <laughs> Frostbite bits <laughs> following her. <laughs> So after, you know, they do that very, like, you're alive, I will make you live moment, they look through the rest of the town to find survivors. And then she goes to the safe spot that she told everybody to flee. And she finds about, like, roughly 2,000 people there. So that's good. That's, like, 24 people. That's better than zero. And she vows to keep them safe. You're like, that's good. That's, like, 24 people out of a town of, what, like, 5,000? Listen, you know – Considering she tried to kill all of them, last book, 
Not that if bad. They want us Not to believe bad. that Noah and his family repopulated the earth with like six people. Uh, 24 people can do it. Damn, and Highbell can do it. Of repopulating. We believe in you, kingdom. Melina. <laughs> All right, so that was the end of Melina's chapter. Bum, bum, dun, dun. The fake came. That was how it ended. So now we're moving on to Slade, Ravenger. He is the king of Fourth Kingdom. He's known as King Roth. We know him as King, not King, Commander Rip, and he's able to switch between the two forms. He is the lover of Orin. He is the king of dirty talk, if you may. I, I may and I will. I, yeah. I may and I will. Um, so after the conflicts where he showed up and was like the badass villain and tried to save Orin, um, he tries to reopen the rip to find Orin, but his parent powers are not working. And he goes on a liquid you made me do revenge mission. Like insert Taylor Swift. So they, I, I see this Taylor Swift and I appreciate it. That that's what he's doing. So first up goes to Second Kingdom. He kills the Marin monarchs that were in charge of the conflicts. Um, second stop, he goes to Third Kingdom, rots the entire castle and the soldiers, and then take Queen Kayla's brother Manu as prisoner. Then he goes to Darefort Harbor, which is where um, Orin was a child beggar turned into a saddle, and dismantles the entire crime kingdom that's going on over there. And then his third stop is Fifth Kingdom, where he invades that castle and he locates the Dewfields, which is the very famous drug in the storyline. And then the drug was also used to drug Orin to get her to wherever she was being when she was kidnapped. And then he follows a shipment of dew that was being sent out and he comes across the Red Rays, who are basically pirates of the Icelands. Of the Icelands. And he negotiates. He finds the Red Raids hideout and he kills a bunch of them and he makes one of the guys a new leader. And he goes to find the old leader who he had met when he first found Orin. And he finds him at a gambling den and was like, hey, you need to return Orin's horse or return this horse that you lied to me about. And it was like this whole like vengeance, like I'm doing this because you did Orin wrong's thing. And then he destroys the gambling den because they're fighting they have like fighting pits of like animals and he frees animals like all right cool you're like a villain but you're like a good villain revenge done he has nothing more to do he can't get to his girl he's done everything he can do he goes back to fort kingdom he keeps trying to open up a rip to find orin he has run ragged homeboy is basically dying we find out because his heart is rotting from the inside out and he has to finally tell his brother who tells everyone else that he is dying and if he can't find Orin, he's going to be dead so everybody needs to prepare for someone else to take over the fourth kingdom um he also thinks it's because Orin has been using his magic and so every single time she uses the magic it makes it worse not really sure how that is so king yeah, i'm not sure what is at play here something is happening like i know she has a little bit of his magic and then he's always talking about like this random pain that happened in his chest and i'm yeah, like i thought it was just like his heartache like physically manifesting i thought so but she's using so much of her magic and his his rot is in there i think every time she was using it it was rotting it was, him it was rotting him mm. because they weren't bonded yet this i don't know funny. I, whatever is happening between them I can't make sense of it, so I, I'm not going to lie. I kind of, like, just skipped over it. Right. Yeah. It's like she is siphoning things from him, and it's killing him in the process. I guess we're going to find out. So King Thold uh, from First Kingdom. Or, or T-Hold. Okay. <laughs> um, 
which is one of the only kingdoms he did not go to during his revenge his revenge uh, tour his revenge tour <laughs> and so he shows up he's like hey i just want to make sure like my kingdom is safe because like we just renegotiated our deal and he's like nah fuck you bro you made that deal with me then you broke my deal to listen to K- queen kayla and then you like made this new deal with judd so i'm still pissed at you but like we're gonna figure it out because his kingdom provides all of the food goods to fourth kingdom because the fourth kingdom can't grow their own food because it's a land of rot and then fourth kingdom provides him in return what oil so the new deal was hey in good faith you're going to keep giving me his food and then i'm going to give you oil when i want to and so he doesn't let him know that apparently like the mines where they've been like getting the oil from have collapsed. And I don't know why that was an important part of the book. I feel like it might play out for, in the future or it might just be like a random point that was made that doesn't really matter. Who knows? I think it's because it seemed like the mines had been sabotaged. So they thought it was Kayla. Oh, right. Right, right, right. So he finally tells everyone else that he's kind of dying to prepare that plan, like I mentioned. And then he's surprised to find his little Argo, who's his Timberwig, has come home, who was previously injured at the conflux. And so he thought like his ride or die man was not going to come back normal, but he was healed. And this is where we meet the little girl who heals Risa. So she was the one who traveled on the ship with Argo and healed him little by little over the time period that it took to come home. And she requests, her sister is like, a little bit older than her. So her little sister's like, hey, we came here instead of giving you payment to heal your Tibber wing. Um, I want to be able to become a resident of Fourth Kingdom and I don't want my sister's powers to be um, talked about or exploited. And he's like, that's cool. That's great. Like you can live here in the castle, set up a room for you. But I do have, I want you to meet someone and you can decide whether you want to heal her or not. So that's how she ends up in Reese's room and heals her. So while as soon as the girls leave, she's um, Slade hears Orin's voice and he's like panicking because he's like, where is she? Is a rip opening right now? And it turns out to be that bitch, Queen Kayla. And she comes down and she's using her powers to trick Slade. And so she tries to attack Slade because Slade has her brother and he basically starts rotting her. And then as soon as she's down and dead on the floor, not fully dead, she's just rotted. Um, Lou, who's another part of the rat, shows up and she's like, oh shit, you guys, the Fae are here. They're in Sixth Kingdom. We got to move. Like we got to do things. So he calls a meeting. He takes the rot out of Kayla and the brother and is like, hey, I will let you guys live if you go and rally your troops. Um, the king of First Kingdom is there. He's rallying his troop as well. Um, Riot is like, bro, you got to stay here and help us do this. Like you're the only one powerful enough to rally all of the people and like really, you know, make a difference. And he's like, okay, fine. I will help you guys, but please know that my main mission is to find Orin. So I'm going to do as much as I can. And then I'm going out there to find Orin because now I know that the bridge between the two realms is open. And that's how the end of his POVs end. And Kaboom. I liked, because <clears throat> I was a little annoyed about his like, I gotta find Orin. I gotta find Orin. I'm like, okay, well, your mother also just disappeared. And a shit ton of other people just also disappeared. And I know you love a, I'll burn the world down to find her. But I was a little annoyed with him at this point. Because I'm like, bro, there are larger things annoyed. at stake here, Commander King. Yeah. This the part did get a little bit annoying, especially since you could see how concerned Riot was. So I was like, all right, 
just a little bit more self-aware about the other people going out. Let's read the you. room. Let's read the room. Read the room. Right. No, so let's the, like get I said, I was, I was loving it at the beginning of the book. And then by the end of the book, I was like, all right, let's move on. All right. So Oren, the beginning of the book, she has been transported back to Anwen and she feels herself falling through time and space. And she finally pops into the sky and falls into a field of flowers. The flower's name is it the waterless blue. So she ends up in this field in Giesel and the town people that were there to witness her fall through the sky gather around her and they're like calling her the specific name. And if you know, or if you have read the book, you know what the name is. So I'm not going to try to say it because I'll just we be wrong. We did try pronunciations before this. We tested ourselves. It was like Liara Ovire, I believe is what. The closest we, thing that we, we can figure on. out. Um, it, it translates to the golden one gone. And as we know, our girl, Oren, is gilded. Um, and they tell her that she's the last Turley. And we're like, okay, a Turley? What's a Turley? Who's a Turley? So we find out that there's this girl named Syra. Syra did we land on Syra? Yeah, we said Syra. So Syra Turley lived in Seven Kingdom. And she crossed the bridge to the Fae realm because her father was taken. And she was the one who united both of the realms and made them sister realms. So like Anwin and Oria made them one. And they say that she made the bridge of Lemuria, the road between the both of the realms. I don't think she made the actual bridge, but she made that like as the passageway, like, Hey, you walk through here. Like this is a normal thing. Um, we find out that people within the kingdom have been praying for Oren's return because she is the only one as the last heir of the Turleys to be able to take over the throne to rule Anwen. Who knew? Your girl right. was important. Because Who knew? The, right, because the other king, the king people Carrick. that replaced the Turleys, um, is an asshole. They're apparently horrible. It was um, very much Game of Thrones again. The Starks yes. versus whatever the fuck. The Lannisters. There we go. I'm like that naughty ass bitch of a boy king but yes yeah joffrey there we go (laughs) yeah king carrick was giving joffrey vibes definitely um so there's an entire rebel movement underground called the vulman and they're loyal to her and her family and so they've just been waiting for a sign to be able to act so their mission as an underground rebel group was to kind of recover information go on different tasks save people, um, natives from Oria or like people who are half and half because there have been bloodlines that have been mixed because they're treated poorly and abused and all the other things. So that's what the rebels have been doing before she got there. So when she lands in this field, she meets someone called Nanette and Nanette takes her in and hides her way into attic because she knows how important she is. And so Nanette's daughter-in-law, granddaughter-in-law, I don't really I know. loved Nanette. Nanette is like my favorite character. And I should we have didn't get enough known. time with her. I should have known. I liked her so much that she was going to die. So she has someone come to heal her. She, when she wakes up, um, when Orin wakes up, Nanette tells her all about like the town, the people, how she's related to them, why she's so important to the people. And then she decides that she doesn't want to be part of the movement and she just wants to return back to Slade. So she's been traveling back to the field where she dropped out of, dropped into, and she's been looking for Slade, hasn't been able to find anything. She's been there for a few days now. And then the King's swordsmen, the stone swords come to investigate 
the rumors of something falling out of the sky and they start terrorizing the town. And she tries to flee with Nanette, but ends up fighting a few guards and Nanette dies. And I was like, ah, no, it was very traumatic in my heart because I really liked her. At this point, she agrees to travel and do whatever missions need to be done with Wick, who we met previously, and I forgot to mention it, when she was like visiting the fields. She met the leader of the Volman, and he was like, hey. <laughs> naturally what you call a rebel group. Duh. Yeah. Um, and he was like, hey, like now that you're here, like this is the perfect sign for us to like make a move and like take down the kingdom. And she's like, no, 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 no. I want to go find Slade. I don't want to be a part of this. So after Danette dies, she turns to him and she's like, okay, now is the time. I'm going to help you with whatever way I can. Let's move. And as she's like traveling, she's going to be looking for a way to get back to Slade. I just wanted so- to say a quick, quick sidebar on Danette. Our girl gone too soon because she's I, funny as fuck. She was so funny, and I would have loved an elder sidekick to see her through the antics. Like we always have a young, hip sprite, you know, a younger. That is an excellent. excellent or we always point. have like the younger love interest's best friend, or like the love interest best friend as the guide, right? Like, but like, that. why can't Nanette be that person? She could have been that person. She didn't have to die. Getting grandma spirit guide? No. Yes. A grandmother willow to get us through this whole this right whole. around the romance. Thank you. Always. Yeah. Pocahontas. Pocahontas. Yep. Yep. Okay. Did you really just? Okay. You know, Anyhow. our Disney references are lost on Hilda sometimes. Yeah, they really are. Yeah, but that if it's like- not the Lion King or the Little Mermaid or Aladdin, I'm probably not going to get it. But see, Pocahontas was up there in the, that like – like level Beauty for me. Not See, Beauty and the Mist like goes out of my head because like for me growing up, I was like, Aladdin, Pocahontas, Ariel. Okay, focus. Back. Okay. Back in. Anyhow. Back. All right. So now she's traveling with the Volman and she is doing all these different tasks. She's pissed off because Wick has been using her to be like, hey, look, the, the Gilded Girl is here. Join our cause. We're going to take down the Empire. And so they have words. They come to terms of how... They're going to be moving forward. She becomes good friends with this girl named Emoni. She's the only other girl. The within. one who we're like major suspect of because I'm like, why yes. are you so nice? We don't trust her. Because she's don't like, hey, her. I'm going to be your best friend. And now we're best friends. And she has the power to glamour herself to appear as anyone that she comes into contact with. So she can come, come in contact with me and decide that, hey, I want your hair. She takes my hair, puts it on her body. She can see Caitlyn's eyes and be like, touches Caitlyn. Oh, she has Caitlyn's eyes. This she is can look at powerful. Hilda yeah. and be like, Hilda, you have like flawless, like ageless vampire skin. Like <laughs> now she looks like Hilda. So she looks like all three of us. Like this is a problem and a red flag. But she is able to use it to help them later in the mission. But I don't know. I don't know. Our jury's out on her. Like she was too eager. And I would love... If she was a great groupie, but like we've been friend burned. Friend or foe, I don't know. We've mm-hmm. been burned too many times. That's a good one. Friend or foe, I don't know. So they're recruiting. They're We're finding you. have a fuck that heifer sticker. <laughs> we should. I, we could put a cow in the background. That'd be hilarious. Oh my God. I was just like, why me? What? <laughs> it's like, what did I do? Oh, I give too, you ice cream. Too funny. So while they're doing all this recruiting, someone tells Wick that there are these new Orions that have appeared and they need to be saved. This is where I'm like, oh my God, this can be Slay's family. And so then they go on this mission to find out intel about these people, where they live, how to access them, 
while the Lord, what's his name? Lord. Lord Cull. Lord Cull is out on some work. And so Oren is glamored by Emoni. And they go undercover and they're working the mansions. And she sees that there's two different mansions, one new, one in Half Ruin. Red flag. They snoop around. Oren is able to find these people. And she realizes that they're in horrible condition as she has, like, trying to, like, wake them up and stuff like that. Lord Cull arrives and he gathers all these prisoners. And she's posing as one of them and goes into the room. And she's like, oh, my God, Slade. And then she realizes it's not Slade. It's someone that looks a lot like Slade. And then it all comes to her and she's looking at the building that's in ruins and the weird vibe she was getting. Cause it's like Slade's magic and the rip magic and it all feels wrong. And she's like, Oh my God, this is Slade's dad. She looks up, she sees Slade's mom who she has a bond with. And Lord Cull is as horrible as you think he is. As Slade described him, horrible man. They fight, they have words. Um, she's able to like get people to flee out of the building and they go into the just kidding i forgot the fairy circle yeah the fairy circle fairy ring. when they go on this mission they meet with this man called brenner they go into this fairy circle they travel to riffraff no it's riffault and that's where lord calls manners <laughs> my face just went like sweet bridget <laughs> they I travel really to really riffraff <laughs> bridge you well, are doing such a good job I am so proud of you. I thought it was other than the Jew Judd thing. I was doing a good job. I don't know. Well, the Metis. We've come a long way. The Metis thing of. was pretty good. I'm so proud of you. All right. All right. All right. So she's able to semi-free. Wick shows up and is trying to get her out. And they go through the fairy circle once again. And instead of getting to safety, they end up in the capital of the fairy world. And they see King Carrick. Lord Cull walks in through and he's super smug and we find out it was a fucking trap. And all of the townspeople who were in Oria before and she was trying to save are on their knees with swords to their throats. And Lord Cull is like, why? Before this, before she walks through and she's fighting Lord Cull, he's like, why do you have my son's power? Who are you to him? And she's like, fuck you. You're nothing to him. He's mine. And I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. Um, and then at that moment, while she's using all of his power, it like snaps into the place and he's like, oh, this makes sense. You're a pair. And we're like, what the fuck is this? So they're a pair bond. P-A-Y-U-R. I did not care. As pair. I'll let you finish. And then I'll tell you what I didn't care for. And so that's mm-hmm. why she was able to see his aura and he was able to see hers and he was able to see her from like far distance to go rescue her the first time they met because they were bonded from the beginning. And so she realizes that he knew because he's made like offhanded comments to her. And so I was like, all right, cool. Okay. Made, so in that callback, they're like, oh, it's a pair. And you're like, what? Because this is not something that's been come up throughout the book. It's not like a mated – it's not an Elysian mate. It's not something that's been thrown around. Before, yeah. Scene. It kind right. of came out of left field. And again, I don't – it didn't feel like it was necessary. Sometimes I just feel like, can we just be in love with someone without being like bonded by the fates? Right. Fated, can we just, yeah. Like, can we just use their power? Like, be able to, like, if she had the ability to, like, in addition to being gold and have golden touch, like, if she had the power to siphon power, that would have been a bomb ass trait. That's a bomb ass trait. And I don't care for how the, the callback when she was like, 
that's right. I remember this one interaction where he's like, we make a great pair. And she's like, pair? Pair? I knew it then. I'm like, what? Like that, that connection line was so weak and not something I ever would have connected previously that yeah. it just Ugh. felt a little off to me. Like it's so, it, it seemed forced. It did. Yeah. Like remember that one time I accidentally said the word pair and it happened to work out? And I just made two plus two equal fish. Exactly. <laughs> Basically. Exactly. Basically. So then Lord calls like, hey, I'm going to use you to get my son back. So after they step through the fairy circle, he's telling King Carrick, like, do what you need to do, but like, I still need her. And he's like, don't worry, I got a person. They send someone over and she gets like zapped. And at that, right before she gets zapped, King Carrick is like, hey, it doesn't really matter what happens with you because all your people are going to die because he has the Fae marching through Aurea to kill everyone. So that was a fun update. But then she realizes that the bridge is fixed and she can go find Slade. So she's thinking, oh, I can finally go find Slade. This person comes up. I don't even know if it's a woman or man because I just like passed over that um, and zaps her. And then her memory just goes, poof, she forgets everything. So she's a shallow of a person. She doesn't know anything. I don't know. To be, that's it. She forgets. That's how the book ends. That's how it ends. That's I was very it. confused by the ending. I don't think I made it any better for you with my explanation because I was jumping around so much. But like, that's that, that's how it ends. It did feel like a weak ending. I just didn't want her to forget again. Like, I don't want to go through this whole like, build me up, build me down, build me up, build me down. Yeah, like how many times does she need to go on this um, journey? Yeah, this self-discovery. It's just, it's too much. This is literal self-discovery now, too. Okay, should we do ratings? Ratings, yes. Ratings and reviews. I give it, I give it a three. I give it a three, too. I give it a 3.5. There was not enough smut in this for me. Not nearly enough. There should have been, this late in the series, there should be plenty of smut. And I'll even take a, a callback, like a greatest hits memory of yeah. like, oh, remember that one time yeah. we did it here? But maybe it's a memory for them, but it's new for me. That would have been even great. like even just the Melina and Assassin thing. It was fine. We had good tension but, before that. But the couples that I'm rooting for, obviously, Oren and Slade, Rissa and Oz. They, I don't, they didn't get anywhere in this book. And again, it's just it's too late in the series not to get constant payoffs from the people you care about. Right. Because it was a slow burn to begin with, this series, and then there was no burn. Yeah. Yeah, you can't give it to me and then take it away. Can't do it. She give it, then she take it. That's what she did. I don't appreciate that. Do Um, we have a release date on Goldfinch? Yes. Yes. Is it later this year or am I making that up? Yeah, I think it's in August. All right. Yeah, August 27th. All right. Okay, I'll take that. That's not too far off. So that was our thoughts and feelings on Gold. Not the last installment, but the second to last installment in the Raven Cavity Plated Prisoner series. Now, before we get into our list of shouts and thoughts and feelings, I do want to issue another spoiler warning. So we'll be talking about books from the SJM universe, Iron Flame, Fourth Wing, and I think that's it. So you have been warned. If you're like, ah, that's it. I haven't read any of those books. I will be signing off. Sign off. 
And thank you so much to our listener who called that out. She's like, hey, y'all are spoiling some things on this back end. And I was like, you know what? You're not wrong. And we apologize and we have adjusted. We've adjusted. So every every, um, show notes now has a spoiler warning. So thank you for anyone who's like, what are you guys talking about? Well, we, we tell you now. You're warned. So let's get into some listener shout outs. So let's get into these books. Morgan Lalane 01 answered the question, what is your favorite mass verse theory? And she said, in Throne of Glass, Aelin sends the gods back to the world. And I think there are eight of them. And I think they are the Asteri. <gasps> that is a great one. That is a really good theory. That just blew my mind. Like, you're right. She did. It's a she super trapped strong. Them. It's a super strong possibility. Oh, my God. Morgan Lalane, girl. That was a good one. That's a really good one. I'm just sitting here on your suing on that for a minute. Okay. <laughs> We're going to go to the next one. Um, Savannah Sweet Bueller answered the question from Iron Flame. How do you feel about the pacing of this book? And she answered, maybe I'm just simple-minded, but I did not pick up on this at all. I was just minding my business, cruising through this book without a thought in my head besides, please do not kill Rihanna. Rihanna. I know. That's a big thought. I was very worried about our girl. She was great. She survived. The the four of them need to survive. And by the four of them, I mean Sawyer, Riddick, Rhiannon, and The Fab Violet. Four. The Fab Four yeah. have to make it. Please don't. I'm, I'm like starting to spiral on like what happens if they don't. We're not going to get there. It's like either Sawyer or Riddick lost a leg. I can't remember now. Sawyer, I think. But whatever. Be fine. He's gonna- still alive with one leg. He's going to marry Jasmina or whatever her name is, and they're going to have- Jasina. Jasina. They're going to have little pretty nerdy- oh, Babies. Dragon rider scholarly babies. Uh, our next question comes from Alana Perez. I feel like you're a new friend, so hello. She answered the question, how do you feel about the pacing of this book in Iron Flame? And she said, I didn't feel that way until I heard others say it and agree that the writing style was different than the first book. I think too much time was spent on Violet and Zayden being mad at each other. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. So yes, much. Yes. We liked it despite that. We did. <clears throat> Claudia answered the question. After his actions in book two, are you ready to forgive Dane? Ooh. I love it. It starts with, this is a hot take. Claudia always has the best oh, hot takes. A great hot take. This is a hot take, but I was never mad at Dane? Let me Girl, continue. what? Let me continue. Let her finish. Let her finish. I was mad at Violet for how she treated him. They were supposed to be best friends, and she kicked him aside to lust after the bad boy. You can't see me, but I'm doing a like a head nod, a deep head so nod. She has, to a, be. she has a point. She has uh, a point. Uh-huh. I see. I see what you're saying. I'm taking it in. Dane and Violet did not treat their supposed best friend relationship with respect. I want to say so fooey on both of them. (laughs) A thing I did notice was Violet was, of course, you know, at the beginning of the book, supposedly in love with Dane. Mm -hmm. And I think she had this, I don't know, like this image in her head about who he is and how they were going to be together. And when she started growing up and she spent that time away from him. So when she met him, back up after they both grew up a little bit in that like year span that they were not together they were a little bit of different people and he was a little bit more controlling than what she was liking and she hopped shit like she hopped dick like what am what do you want me to say (laughs) 
That's also going to be a sticker. She hops ship, she hops dick. <laughs> so, like, yes, you're correct. But he was still an asshole. Yeah. He was, he was very picturing controlling. her one way and she had evolved to another. So, but, like, negative for both of them because they could yeah, have been better y'all are people not good to, friends each to each other. They were um, not good friends to each other. But, you know, I still don't like it when a man is, like, that controlling towards me, so. Absolutely. Unless it's in the bedroom. <laughs> hey. Hey. Um, Anne well, Moore boom. answered the question, who, speaking of in the bedroom, she answered the question, who is on your why choose list for 2023? Is it 2023 or 2024? Yeah, we did it at the end of the year. Seems like a big commitment to say this is my white shoes for 2024. All right. So who's my current white shoes? Who I guess, is your current white shoes at that time? Her number one was Resand. Need I say more? Was an exact quote. And I say, yeah, he's number one for me. You're also snaps. Number two, <laughs> which collector? Alexis Thebold. Wow. Solid choice. And Dorian because of shadow hands, of course. Shadow of hands course. strikes again. Who doesn't need a pair of shadow hands? I'm just saying. I'm just sitting here wide-eyed like, oof. It's a solid lineup you have there. Solid lineup. Paige answered the same question. Who is on your why choose list? We have, for her, Cassian, Rowan, Zayden, Slade, Lance Orion. Of course, Lance Orion. That's a solid That's all, again. She got the dirty talk for Slade. We're getting that from Cassian, I like- too. I like that Paige was like, you know what? I'm going to give you five. Yeah. She's That's like, not why I choose. choose. Who do I have to choose? Why yeah. pick three when I could pick five? Why pick five when I can have all? Exactly. Yeah. Kaladi answered the same question. She chose Rowan, Reese, Lance Ryan, and Jamie Frazier from Outlander. You know, I get it. I like that man. You know, if I am, I, he would be on mine. We haven't yeah, covered I him. Go to, I want to go to Scotland and touch random. Stones, Stones, right? I'm like, oh my. See what happens? A very burly redheaded man has now found me and wants to make me his wife. Oh no. Oh my. What do they call what do they call the English people? Sassanak? Yes. Oh. Be anyone Sassanak. I mean I can't be because I'm not English, but I'll fake an English accent. We'll make it happen. I can do it. Your Majesty. You just sound cocky, not cockney. Also want to give two shout outs to some friends who shared their thoughts and feelings with us via Apple and our IG DMs. So first one is to F Batty. She left us an Apple Spotify review and said, love the banter in the chats. I love the camaraderie of the ladies discussing these books. What a job it is to have them in my ears during my commute. You never fail to put a smile on my face. Please don't stop, ladies. You just put a smile on my face. I know. We needed that review. Also, she's in Australia. That's why it didn't pop up in our regular thing. Oh. Um, but it came via like one of our email things. So oh, thank yay, you. F Batty. Thank you for taking the time to write that. So thank you, F Batty. Love you. Love Australia. Love Bluey. It's the best show. It is. Makes me cry. It's great for adults too. It does make me cry. God, there's some good ones. Like sometimes we'll put it on and we're like, have you seen this Bluey episode? My husband's like, no, I haven't. And we sit and watch it. It's great. I like the clips on Instagram because they just hit. They just take the best. Hit. <sighs> just gonna take your word for it because I was like, episode. I don't know what you're talking about. Look, I'll put it on for my son, and I'll, I'll he'll be like playing with his toys, and I'll just be sitting there watching it myself. Well, I feel like it's not really Toby's thing. It could be. If not I would could put be. it on for him. It could be. Also, I want to give a shout out to Sabrina D. She hopped into our DMs and said, "Y'all are baller." 
and feel like best friends I don't have because nobody I know has read Akatar for me to banter with. And I say, you, my friend, are baller. Thank you. We will happily be your friends to banter with Akatar all day, all night, whatever you need. We're here for it and here for you. Yeah, guys, I feel like we have like 10 conversations going on in our Instagram DMs because people are just reaching out to us. And I mean, that's what we're here for. Like 10? If you I don't- think it's like 20. I feel like it is It is so much more than that. Every time I get a notification, it's like, so-and-so is sent you a message. So-and-so is sent you a message. I don't know if you guys do this because like, you know, we're always in the chat. But if like Hilda is in the middle of a conversation with someone else – I'm in that chat creeping too because I'm like, I want to be part of this, but I'm not responding, but I oh, still want to know what you're saying. No, I creep because- and I respond sometimes. I'm like, hey, it's Caitlin. Hey, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, oh, by the way. And I'm like, oh, sorry. Hold on. And like, we get it. Like, we found each other. So we talk to each other about these books, but we know that, you know, these are kind of like an acquired taste. I don't know what you're waiting for to acquire the taste, but whatever. <laughs> I get it. So you guys can always reach out and talk to us about um, these dirty, filthy, smutty books. And if you're like, I, let's talk about this first book, I promise you not to spoil anything as you're working your way through it. Because we get a couple people who are in the Zodiac, the throes of Zodiac Academy conversations where they're like, I can't make it past book five. And we're like, oof. There we go. Oof. Scratching the surface. Oof. Like I, I love to say it gets better, but I can't tell you much more than that. Other oh. than that I'm here for you. Caitlin, and then we have one final special thank you that I forgot to add to the shout out list. Big thank you to Danya, Lou, our friend in Germany, mm-hmm. because she got one of the AI platforms out there. It might have been ChatGPT. I can't remember which one um, to write a very awesome outline and synopsis <laughs> of crazy. the stalking who stuffed her. And can we just say it was amazing. It was like the best Christmas present we could have received. I I can't tell you how big of a smile that brought to my face seeing that message come through with the outline and oh my gosh, I just We have character names. Like this was like this is going to happen in 2024. Yes, it has to. Look, I was having a very stressful holiday hosting and that I like sat down and like just I was like, this is the best thing ever. It brought it was the so star of my tree. So this, great. It this was holiday. so great. Ugh, so you heard it here first. The stocking who stuffed her coming to e-readers. E-books near you yeah, in twenty twenty-four. So don't stuff your Kindle, stuff your stockings. Or yourself. I don't know. Yeah. No. <laughs> Oh, Bridget, it's so great to have okay, you back. We're gonna we're gonna wrap that up then. <laughs> well, we do want to say before we go, we will be back uh, with our next episode with someone who you all may know from TikTok. So, we're if you are familiar with Rosebud Mode, we are jumping on to an interview with Sarah, behind, the face behind that TikTok account, who actually has her own podcast, deep diving into all things Akatar, and we are ta- chatting with her to talk about Crescent City 3, the big release that I think has everyone by the chokehold for the end of this month. So we're talking fan predictions. We're talking fan theories. I want to hear her favorites because you know, you know she has deep dived into all of these with her annotations, with her highlights, and 
I, I truly cannot wait to have this conversation. So we're so I excited feel, to have her on the podcast as our first guest of 2024. It's going to be exciting. I feel like we're bringing in the specialists. We are. We are. We're, we're calling in the big in, guns. This is like – We couldn't get Sarah, so we got the other Sarah. Right. <laughs> we couldn't get Sarah J. Mass, but we have the next best thing. We have the next best Sarah. The next best Sarah. Absolutely. You're the best Sarah in my heart. <laughs> so from all of us to you guys tonight, we'll catch you next time and happy reading. And Bye. happy new year. Bye. And happy new year. Bye. I that too. Bye. <laughs>